Friday, everybody. Sit back, relax, listen to some fantasy baseball knowledge. Wait, you're looking at me, he's like you hated that that intro. You hated what it. What was that sound you made hey. before you told everyone it was Kokomo <laughs> Friday? Hey, everybody. I don't know. That's I, just relaxed sound. Yeah, I guess so. A That's what I do. Relaxed. When I go to an island, I just look at people and I go, hey. And they all know what I'm talking about. Then they get me like uh, a pina colada, but with no alcohol. You are like a yeah. modern day... Not cool, not tough, Fonz. Uh, well, it's a shame I don't have the, uh, oh no, he's not in Happy Days. What show is he on? He, he, he is, is in Happy Days. Days. Oh no, he's not he's in Welcome Happy Back, Potter. Days, all yours and mine. I'm gonna sing I, Happy, I'm gonna sing a clip from the Happy Days theme song every podcast I'm on from now on. Okay, I, I get Happy Days and Welcome Back, Cotter confused. He's not on Welcome Back, Cotter. Uh, Jeff Samarja is on Welcome Back, Carter. Carter. He's coming back uh, this weekend. In fact, he's somebody that might be in the waiver wire column. It's not one of those days where it's so obvious who we should be picking up, but Samarja's 44% owned. He's been terrible so far this year. Who wants to pick up Jeff Samarja before it's too late? Yeah. Right. Maybe. I, feel. I, I think at 44%, there are certainly leagues where someone should go at him. Now, those yeah. those owners that should go at him may have already quit playing for the year. But there are definitely pitchers rostered more than 44% that should be dropped for yeah. Jeff Samarja. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. That's it, It's too low. He's probably like between 80th and 90th in my starting pitcher rankings. So, uh, you know, in a lot of leagues, there are more. There are a higher number of pitchers than that own. But I like to think on my own teams, I have, you know, I, I have a, a, a better, I, I have more on the higher end of that than on, you know, I'm not having to scrape around for that range of pitchers because I've been playing so hard all this time. There you go. Uh, by the way, what do Greg Holland and Derek ha- Holland have in common? The last name Holland. They're both terrible. They're both in the bullpen. That has been uh, one of the moves that the Giants have made. Are they keeping both of their rookies in the rotation? Rodriguez and Suarez? Looks like it. it seems like they should. Yeah. All right. We still don't, we still haven't heard anything official about Chris Stratton, right? No, I have. He would be the one that could uh, disrupt that. Yeah. It, didn't he get moved to the bullpen a while back? But he had started recently. Mm. But no, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Stratton he hasn't been. Holland. Oh, he's been awful. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm pretty sure. And and this is this is the way this show is going to go. I I left my laptop at home because that's. The downside to working off a laptop. Sometimes you do that. It's not the downside for everyone. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm sure it happens to most people from time to time. I left it at home, and I also left my handwritten notes that I bring to every podcast at home because I put it in my laptop bag so I wouldn't forget my notes. Mm. Yeah. You forgot them. So I am flying totally blind. So I'm going just, you know, I think Chris Stratton spent some time in the bullpen this year. No, he hasn't. He has, ah. he has made 18 appearances. They've all been starts. You're going to have to keep me honest then. All right, well, I have no problem well, with that. If you can count on anybody to do that, it's Adam. <laughs> no, it's Heath Cummings. He's just I, constantly sharing information for with us. I get emails from him telling me about important articles I need to read. Just yesterday, I had a screenshot sent to me. This does not have to be. This does not have to be brought up on the air. He sends me a it's screenshot, and all I see is under the screenshot is Joel Sherman. Joel, okay. Joel Sherman is a writer for the New York Post. He's on MLB Network. He's one of the most respected baseball voices. Yeah, I would say he is known by 95% of Yankees fans. He's and, on MLB uh, Network. He's a national, bruh. I, I know. I would say he's owned by, probably known by 20 to 25% of non-Yankees fans. Okay. I know. Yeah, you should. That's <laughs> kind of your job. <laughs> and I wanted to do a Twitter poll, like, who was this piece of content about? Greg Bird or literally anyone else? <laughs> it was about Greg Bird. And I, the thing I appreciated the most... The very first words of, like, this is not some piece. Usually when you share something with us, it's like, hey, look at this interesting statistic or this data. This player is going to be better. I continue to believe in Bird. He is young. 
I can't dismiss that during the ALCS last year, Astros personnel kept pointing to Bird as their most worrisome at bat. That that doesn't mean anything to you? He's the same age as Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez. But, but like, my point is... Are you ghostwriting for Joel Sherman? (laughs) My point is, if we had Joel Sherman on the show and he said, I believe in Greg Bird, the Astros personnel kept pointing to Bird as their most worrisome at bat, you might put some stock into that. But when I say it, Nobody cares. That's why I sent you the screenshot. I'm saying if you shared every single puff piece like this about every below average major league baseball player, it, I would get almost as many texts from that as no. I do from your Twitter the notifications Astros when you're flying The Astros pointed to Greg Bird as their most worrisome at bat. That means something. That is how he was evaluated. All right. I didn't yeah. want to bring that up. I've, I've got a new segment, okay? It's called I Got a Feeling, and I'm coining that. I Got a Feeling. And I'm probably going to write a song with those lyrics, so just, you know, let me have that. Um, I got a feeling that Trey Turner and Giancarlo Stanton are going to own the second half of the baseball season. Trey Turner and Giancarlo Stanton, they are going to own second half of the baseball season. Okay. I mean, Trey Turner owned yesterday. He sure did. Right? That's right. Eight RBI. I think I read a stat from, I can only think this. I don't know it. Your, your stat is correct. Uh, yeah, Jason Stark pointed out he is only the, well, Scott, I'll I mean, help you out. Let me he help had you out. eight RBI as a leadoff hitter. <laughs> He's and tied for the so, record for the most RBIs as a leadoff hitter. <laughs> uh, Trey Turner, yeah, he had a big game. He's still only the number six shortstop in points and number five in Roto. Giancarlo Stanton, his stats, today is July 6th. His stats through like July 4th are almost identical last year to this year. Even his stats through July 6th are pretty identical. Um, but, like, on July 4th last year, he had an 870 OPS. Right now, he has an 853 OPS. He finished the season, Stanton, in his final 76 games, he had an 1127 OPS. He, he had 36 homers in those 76 games. No, I don't think he's going to do that. But I look at these two guys as big, big second-half uh, second players, like top five fantasy players. So there you go. I mean, they both have that kind of potential. Um, they are not in my – like, if I was ranking players for rest of season, I wouldn't put either in my top 20. Maybe Turner 20? in – Maybe Turner in, in – I'd put Turner in, in a Roto League. I'd put him in the top 20 because of the steals and how scarce that is. But, no, I'd, I'd put 20 players ahead of both. Oh, boy. And I do rank for the rest of the season basically every week in trade charts, so I know this. I can, 20. I'm not just speaking. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I I have Stanton seventh in the outfield right now. I would definitely have five starting pitchers ahead of him, probably four shortstops ahead of him. So yeah, I think I think just outside the top twenty is probably a good spot for him. I I would have Turner higher than that. I think you guys might regret that. Favorite two star pitcher (laughs) for fantasy week sixteen. Favorite two-star pitcher for Fantasy Fantasy Week 16. Scott, are you going to be able to participate in this exercise? Yeah, I, oh. I do remember the two two-star pitchers I sent in for the video I'm going to shoot today to go at the top of uh, the um, you know the, the weekly column. planner pieces. There you go. Zach Wheeler is one of them. He actually is going to make two starts this week, unlike last week, and he's been pitching quite well of late. Uh, seems to be getting more out of his secondary arsenal, which has helped his fastball get more swinging misses, swinging misses too. Uh, he looks like a fine start with two starts. I also, because I send in two for the video, it was kind of a stretch for the second one, but I am going with Tyler Anderson. He is, I think only like 43% owned. He's had back-to-back dominant eight-inning starts. Both of his starts are at home, but I want to say uh, well, one of them Seattle, right? Arizona and Seattle. Arizona and Seattle. Both of them are at home, but he's one of like like most of the good Rockies pitchers. He's not like getting pounded at home. His numbers were actually better at home last year. They're worse this year, but not like in a completely different stratosphere. One of those eight inning starts his last two times was also at home. Uh, so. Yeah, I wouldn't start him if he was making only one start, but with two, I think he's good enough that you could justify putting him in your lineup. Yeah, I, I would go with a different Anderson, Chase Anderson. 
And he's, I've still got some concerns about him rest of season, but he's pitched better as of late and he gets the Marlins and the Pirates next week. Now, to be fair to Scott, Chase Anderson is 83% owned. So I think yeah, that's, that's why Scott. That's above the cutoff. Did not include him. Sorry. If you are looking at pitchers who are owned in less than 80% of leagues, it is not a good week for two-star pitchers because like Mike Leak in a two-star week. Okay. I, I might go with him at the Angels. Sure. Great. The other one's at Colorado. Um, yep. Danny Duffy's hard to trust right now, although, you know, he, he'd been better before that Astro start. Danny Duffy's at Minnesota and at the White Sox. I would, yeah, I'd rather start Danny Duffy at Minnesota and at the White Sox than Tyler Anderson. Zach Fair Wheeler, enough. Zach Wheeler himself has Philadelphia and Washington. We'll see, you know, those aren't the best matchups. Washington's been so bad offensively, but maybe they woke up yesterday. I don't know. Um, alright, so we'll, we'll dive in a little bit deeper. It's not gonna be, last week was pretty exciting, I think, pretty good for two-star pitchers. I, I'm not sure this upcoming week, or I guess I should say, this current week was exciting. The, the upcoming week, week 16, right? Week 16 is upcoming, yes. Yeah, it doesn't look great for streamers. And like, we usually talk about Mike Miner as just a spark. I think his matchups are good enough to start him as a starting pitcher this week. At Boston. Boston Boston's at, bad, but then at Baltimore, that's, that's good. It's huge. It's yeah, and he's, uh, I want to say he's like four or five quality starts in a row. So he's okay. I think, like he's in a similar category to Tyler Anderson. I just trust Anderson a little more. All right. We'll see if we have anything more to say a little bit later on in the show. We've got standouts to talk about. We got some hay real quick. We've got some humidork data. So Heath did uh, some dorky investigation into the humidor. We got news <laughs> and notes. Uh, most added list. A category called, you know who's been kind of disappointing? There's only one person in it. A couple of over-owned outfielders. Your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I want to talk about Carlos Rodon. And who, by the way, he's, I looked at all of his game, uh, his game log for his entire career and the amount of times that Carlos Rodon has walked five or six batters. And I only found one case where he had a bad start. Uh, in terms of earned runs, it's very strange. Because I, I heard them, wild. I heard them mention it on the broadcast last night, but I couldn't remember exactly what the stat was. All right, Thursday standout, Scott, you're up, buddy. Who's your standout? Well, I am going to go with Johnny Cueto, who stood out in more of a negative way. I think first start uh, yeah. back from the DL, he gets a pass for that, uh, but he did not look like the pitcher we saw early this season. Uh, with the great ERA. And in fact, his velocity was down significantly. Oh. He averaged 88 on his fastball when earlier this year he was more like 91. You know, maybe time will help correct that, but early returns are, are a little discouraging. Not saying you drop Cueto. You've stashed him all this time. I don't think he ever dropped below 90% ownership, but this wasn't the, this wasn't the return you wanted to see. No, it was not. Obviously, I watched the game. I have a lot invested in Johnny Cueto being bad. Uh, would, would really help me out quite a bit. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, I was watching the, the Cardinals broadcasters just did such a terrible job. They should really, like, like, dude, look it up. Cause they're like, he has never thrown this up before, but he, they acted like he's been throwing 95 miles per hour. Okay. His velocity was down a little bit, but, um, this, I, this kind of reminded me of his first start of the season when I watched him and I was like, oh man, he's going to be really bad. And then, of course, he was really good after that. So even I, the guy who doesn't believe in Johnny Cueto, I'm not going to panic for this start. However, going to be a little hesitant to start Johnny Cueto next week against the Cubs. Heath, are you going to start Cueto next week against the Cubs? It's a home start. I probably will. I, I also think the way this went down, I mean, he got four of those five runs in the first inning. He gave up a solo home run in the second to Matt Carpenter. And then he wasn't overpowering by any means, but he then somehow got through the fifth inning. Without giving up another run. Yeah. I mean, you do say his velocity was a little down. It was, on average, two to three miles per hour down from what he was this year, which was already down. What was it in his first start, if you have that? Do you have that? Oh, I don't have oh, that. Oh, that's right. Are you, you kidding me? That. <laughs> but that's important because I, I feel like the first time I watched Cueto pitch this year, he was throwing, like, high 80s. And then as it got... As it got, uh, you know, a little, little bit deeper into the season, build up the arm strength a bit, he was more like 91, 92, and maybe he can survive at that. But, uh, alright, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor Johnny Cueto. Marco Gonzalez, uh, sorry, I'll give you a standout next. He was my standout. He said stardom. I said I wasn't sure. In my daily league, I sat Marco Gonzalez. I looked at his previous two starts against the Angels, and I saw 13 hits in, uh, or no, 16 hits in 11 innings, seven earned runs in 11 innings. I just, 
I just didn't think he was going to be able to do it. He had a great start against the Angels. Six innings, five hits, one run, two walks, seven strikeouts, and he was on my bench. And guess what? Marco Gonzalez is at the Angels next week. Is this going to be a situation where I say, all right, now I trust him, and he gets beat up next week, or are we feeling better about Marco Gonzalez? It might be. Um, but I think, like, we talked about it yesterday, and, and at the very end of the show, discovered Shohei Otani's numbers against lefties so far this year. And then I dug in a little deeper after the show, and the Angels have just not been good. I know. Against left-handed pitchers. Yeah, and then I almost started him when I, when I looked that up before the, before the start. I almost said, oh, alright, well let's start him. And then I saw, no, he just hasn't been that good against them. And I'm not trying to sell him short. This was a very good start. I think he is, I'm coming around to the idea that he is just a good pitcher. I don't think there's really any upside for great, but he's the type of starting pitcher that I'm going to start against most teams and no chance against the best teams. And I don't think the Angels are one of the best teams against lefties. Uh, okay, so Marco Gonzalez, that's him. That's He's 84% owned. Looking at Cueto's velocity, no, it was it was not bad. It was actually 91.6 the average in that first start in the first start of the season. Yeah. Last night it was 89. Uh, you got a standout, Heath? Yeah, it was Marco Gonzalez. Oh, so sorry. thanks for that. And then I was going to talk about <laughs> Trey Turner, but you you covered that as well. Um, talk to Jonathan about, Scope. There you go. Jonathan Scope Jonathan had a double Scope. dong. I it's going to take more than that for me. I thought, well, yeah, I can write about people should add Scope. I'm sure everyone's dropped him as terrible as he's been this year. He's 84% owned, so there's no re-adding him. There's I'm not like I assume he's on your bench. And I'd probably leave him there unless this turns into the starts of a hot streak. Sorry for the sound, by the way. I don't know why that happens sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> I will point out, uh, if, if, if scope is on your bench, justifiably, cause he's been awful. If he is on your bench, uh, you know, provided he doesn't take an O for this weekend, might be somebody worth activating for this upcoming week because the Orioles have eight games. This week. They're one of six teams playing eight games this week, and the week we're going to call Doubleheader Palooza. Do you are, have we, are, are we calling it that? I'm calling it that. Doubleheader Palooza, okay. I am calling it Doubleheader Palooza. Here are the six teams, I think. Orioles, Yankees, Mets, Pirates, Brewers, and there's a sixth team, too. This one I have no idea how I would even look it up. <laughs> you're you're actually I think you you are a co-owner in the league where I used to look this yeah, up. Yeah, 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 I am. So you can find it. Okay, we will look it up. I'll get back to that. Let's get some humidor data, Heath. Tell us about the humidor. Well, we talked yesterday about how much of an impact it's had, and we didn't really know. So I did a little bit of research and. It's been considerable. You look at last year, the Diamondbacks at home had a 355 Woba, an 842 OPS, and a 17% home run to fly ball ratio. On the road, they were pretty close to average. 304 Woba, 706 OPS, 14% home run to fly ball ratio. This year, those numbers have remained pretty constant. They have a 14% home run to fly ball ratio on the road. 300 Woba, much like last year. 698 OPS, a little bit worse. At home, they've been even worse. 12% home run to fly ball ratio, 703 OPS, 305 Woba. I went also and looked at park factors for this year by ESPN's calculation. Last year, Chase Field was the fourth best park for home runs, the third best park for runs scored in a game. This year, they are 14th and 18th. So it has not been as bad as we feared it could be. Chase Field has essentially become a league average park. And Paul Goldschmidt, you know, last year he hit a, he hit what tied a career high 36 home runs. This year he's on pace for probably 37 home runs, but he's got 19 of them. And uh, I'll look, look look up the home road splits, but I thought that was pretty interesting. He's got a 905 OPS. I, you know, he's not really running. But uh, let, let's now that I've killed enough time at home. I, I, yeah, I think you could say the humidor concerns were both overblown and understated. But but actually, now that I'm looking at it, he's got a 728 OPS at home and a 1081 OPS on the road. He's hit 13 of his 19 home runs on the road. Paul Goldschmidt only six homers at home. Interesting. He's batting 219 at home. Does that mean anything to you? 
I wouldn't expect him to hit that bad because we just said that everything looks like it's about a league average park. So, but I would expect him to possibly be be a little bit better on the road than home. Yeah. All right. That's that's a change from earlier, right? Has has there been like a better stretch here in the summer months for, because early on it looked like. Well, that's the thing. The last time I remember seeing anything, the only article I could find on it was in May. Yeah. So nobody, I think we just hadn't looked for long enough and that was such a small sample size. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I could see how things would change over, you know, basically the same doubling the length of time. So news and notes for you. Mike Zanino's on the DL with a bruised ankle. Mitch Haniger sat with a bruised knee. The Mets are expected to keep Noah Syndergaard and Jacob deGrom. They're expected to avoid trading Syndergaard and deGrom at least until the end of the season. That's according to SNY. Shohei Otani sat against a lefty. Travis Shaw sat. Uh, Yu Darvish has no timetable to resume throwing. Yeesh. Uh, Yeesh. Fra- uh, hey, Francisco Cervelli <laughs> began a rehab assignment. Steven Strasburg could be back right after the All-Star break. Ryan Zimmerman could begin a rehab assignment this weekend. Jeff Samarja will start tomorrow, as we mentioned. Tim Anderson left after being hit by a pitch. Steven Sousa is back. Gerard Dyson sat. And does anybody care that Freddie Freeman is batting 162 with a 500 OPS in his last 17 games? I do not care. Uh, but I want to mention one of the names you brought up, Ryan Zimmerman. Apparently, they're apparently not just going to stash him away somewhere, which is unfortunate because Matt Adams came off the DL yesterday and was part of the Nationals' epic comeback win against the Marlins. He had four hits. And at this point, I think I'd rather keep seeing more of Matt Adams than uh, bring back Ryan Zimmerman. Personally. So do you, you think that'll be a platoon? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean... Ryan Zimmerman is making a lot of money. I mean, this could definitely have a small impact on Adam Eaton as well. Yeah. If all those guys are healthy, there's it's less likely that he's playing six days a week. I don't really. I think five is probably the max now. Anyway. Oh man, I hope not. <laughs> but I do want to tell you all about uh, the best thing uh, that I that I was able to enjoy yesterday. That would be some Blue Apron. We cooked some awesome Blue Apron yesterday. We cooked a shrimp rice dish with some scallions, with some tomatoes. We made a really nice sauce with some peppers in there. It was freaking awesome. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the United States. And, you know, a lot of people know about Blue Apron, but they don't know all the things that I know about Blue Apron and all the things that I love about Blue Apron. And I think the thing I love is that you never eat the same thing twice, and you eat things that you would never ordinarily eat, like uh, short rib burgers with a hoppy cheddar sauce on a pretzel bun. Or seared steaks and thyme pan sauce with mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots. All these things you can make in under 45 minutes. We made actually for lunch yet. We made two blue aprons yesterday. We made lunch and dinner. And, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. We made lunch on July 4th. We made dinner on July 5th. Uh, but the lunch took about 25 minutes to make. It was extremely easy. It was a nice pasta dish. And look, it gets delivered right to your door. It's less than 10 bucks per person per meal. It's high quality, non-GMO ingredients. Meat with no added hormones. 12 new recipes to choose from each week. Uh, you can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what fits your schedule. So I want you to go to blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball to get your first three meals free. I really love cooking now. It's healthier. I feel better when I eat it. I really mean all this stuff. Blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball. Check out the menu. You're going to absolutely love it. You like meat. You like fish. You like vegetarian stuff. Whatever. They got pizza. They got pasta. BlueApron.com slash baseball. Get your first three meals for free. BlueApron.com slash baseball. That's Blue Apron. A better way to cook. Alrighty. Hey, real quick. John Hicks or Salvador Perez rest of season? I would rather have Salvador Perez. Oh, you, you, the way you set that up, I thought you were going to say John Hicks. Yeah, sorry. I think Salvi's Fine. Uh, I mean, I know his numbers aren't fine, but I think he's fine. I don't see any reason to be concerned that he's not going to be his usual self. I know he has a tendency to wear down in the second half, and we're usually like, oh, look, the first half's over, got to sell Salvi. But he missed so much time this year, I don't think it's going to be the same sort of thing. Salvi's one of the guys that I left ahead of Hicks in my rankings because I felt like he played enough. And I do think he's probably going to be better than Hicks on a per-game basis. 
but I'm, I don't know. For you know, sure. I, I, I feel really iffy about this in a points league. I think there's a good, like they're, they're right in the same tier. I'll lean Salvi just because of his history, but I won't be surprised at all if Hicks scores more fantasy points the rest of the year. Yeah, like, like, his president been really bad recently, but since Miguel Cabrera's injury, they have about the same amount of plate appearances, like nearly identical, which surprised me. And Hicks doesn't, just doesn't really hit for power. I mean, you know, he's just, Got He just gets a lot of plate appearances, but Perez has has really been struggling. A lot of people want to know about him. He's batting 180 in his last 35 games, but we still value him ahead of John Hicks. Hey, real quick, Bryce Harper or Madison Bumgarner? Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Okay. Hey, real quick, Johnny Cueto or Adam Eaton? Johnny Cueto. <laughs> You just wanted to, us to rehash the trade again. I really don't know what I'd do at this point. That was a really alarming start yesterday. Like, he was terrible. Yeah. It was a bad start. He gave up four runs in the first inning. Yeah, but he that. didn't cruise by any means after that. Like Ozuna doubled off the wall. Harrison Bader doubled. I will say this about the first inning. Like it, a normal third baseman may have been able to turn a double play, but instead Pablo Sandoval couldn't, and that led to four runs. Um, on a ground ball, like it, it would have probably taken a very good play, but he didn't get any help from Pablo Sandoval. And, like, we, were, we were very close to saying Johnny Cueto wasn't very good last night, but he got by like he has for a lot of the season. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I got to say Cueto here just because he's the pitcher, and you're, there's always a need on it, any fantasy team for another decent pitcher, right? Um, I I wouldn't be surprised, particularly in my shallower leagues, like fewer than. 300 players rostered. I wouldn't be surprised if in my inbox there was a notification that somebody dropped either of these two. Like I don't think I don't think it's I don't think we're beyond the point where that's feasible. I would so just say I wouldn't drop Cueto personally. In, in a points league for sure, if both of these guys were dropped, Cueto is the one I'd be trying to make sure I found yep. a spot for. Yep. Uh-huh. Me too. Uh hey, real quick. Eduardo Escobar or Jerickson Profar? Eddie. Yeah, I, my, like, I, I'm looking at the numbers now. It's really nice that you put these notes together for us. And I'm surprised that Jerickson Profar has outscored Eduardo Escobar in points leagues. It's stunning to me. He doesn't strike out much. He's gotten a lot of doubles himself. And I, I, like, I, I said earlier on the show, I traded for Profar yesterday. Um, it was, it was in a 24 team dynasty league. I traded Donaldson straight up for him, which, you know, it, it's, it's obviously surprising at its face, but there's a big price difference in terms of how they're kept. Profar's much cheaper. That played into it as well. Um, but a, a big reason why I was motivated to do it is because Profar, like Profar's done fine in a points league contest already. And that's with them hitting about 240. And that's with a BABIP that's low in a way that doesn't make sense for it to be low. Like he, he should not have a low batting average. He should have a solid batting average. Um, he's on like a 15 home or 15 steal pace. Like there's just, he's one of those guys who like the hole is greater than the sum of the parts, I feel like. And particularly if there's some batting average correction, I could see him becoming like a top 10 player at everywhere he's eligible. I guess more like top 25 in the outfield, but you know what I mean? Sure. All right. So a couple things. Number one, a few things. Number one. Scott, I don't think you mentioned the Profar trade on the air. I think you mentioned that off the air. So Scott oh, okay. traded for Profar. He traded Donaldson for Profar in a dynasty league. Uh, Profar is better than Escobar in points leagues. He's the number 10 third baseman. Escobar's 14th. In Roto, Escobar's 13th and Profar's 17th. Uh, but Profar, it's kind of sneaky. He has eight steals in eight attempts. Escobar has one steal in four attempts. Also, Profar is scoring a lot of runs, and Escobar isn't. I mean, it's only an eight-run difference, but, you know, if over the course of a season, if that's a 15-run difference, that's actually kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and that doesn't really make much sense to me. Like, I feel like Profar's been a little bit lucky with the runs. He does seem to score a lot. 47 runs in 79 games, and he usually, like, lately he's been batting sixth. Um, and then Escobar, man, this guy is so streaky. First 14 games, 768 OPS. Next 15 games, 1,200 OPS. Next 19 games, 450 OPS. Next 18 games, 1,378 OPS. Next 15 games, which takes <laughs> us through yesterday, 436 OPS. So he yep. alternates between amazing and dreadful. 
That that's part of the calculation too, is we're kind of catching him his ranking at 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 his worst point, right? Yes. Um, how many doubles does he have? Do you have that available? Thirty-four doubles. Yeah, he's still on pace for like seventy doubles, which is insane. Like he's he's having a really good year, and I I think I think the upside, um, certainly certainly when you talk about uh like a roto context, I I feel like the upside is greater for Escobar. All right. So now let's see who's on the most added list. The first guy on the most added list might be on the most drop list. Max Freed. And uh I don't think he's a two-star pitcher next week. I think he yeah, in fact. Maybe a zero-star pitcher next week. He might Yeah, be. it's not clear what they're going to do with him. It was a bad start first of all against the Brewers. Didn't you know, and I, I was worried about the consistency cuz the curveball, you know, scouts have raved about it was obviously great in that start against the Cardinals, but the minor league numbers have been inconsistent. He didn't have great numbers to triple A this year. Uh, but apparently he also was dealing with a blister issue in this game and that could potentially send him to the DL. Okay. So you don't have to be too glued to Max Freed. He's 35% owned. This is not the best, most added list. Uh, Avi Garcia, 60%. We spent a lot of time on him this week. Then we have Nate Evaldi and Derek Rodriguez and they're owned in much different amount of leagues. Nate Evaldi, 71%. Remember, he has, he's in the middle of a great, of a week of great two-start matchups. Mets and Marlins, I think. And, um, Derek Rodriguez, 32% owned. Who would you rather own, Evaldi or Rodriguez? I'd rather own Evaldi. I think I would have said Evaldi before it was announced that Holland was going to the bullpen, and now I might have more interest in Rodriguez. Enrique Hernandez is on the most added list. Do we buy him in a long-term uh, context Enrique no. Hernandez. I really want to. I think he is a pretty good player. I don't think it's anywhere close to likely that he ends up as an everyday player this this year. Yeah, and and they've uh, I mean they've kind of freed up the long log jam a little by uh, Dave Roberts saying Max Muncy's going to be their second baseman going forward. They were just kind of flirting with him in that spot before and finding places for him elsewhere. Um, but even so, you have an outfield of Kemp. Peterson and Puig. You have Chris Taylor at shortstop. Uh, I mean, Hernandez is going probably to start against left-handers sitting with, with Peterson sitting, but otherwise there needs to be another injury. Back to the most added list. That's Enrique Hernandez we're talking about. Robinson Chirinos, 50% owned. That one may be flying under the radar a little bit. Is he doing well? I guess he's doing okay. Yeah, he's been hot. Yeah, he's been hot. And there's some guys that needed Zanino replacements. Yep, and Sanchez replacements he- maybe. He's actually outscored Hicks this year. I know Hicks hasn't been full-time player the whole time, but it's technically true. Chirinos has outscored John Hicks. So Chirinos or Max Stassi? Chirinos. Chirinos. Zach Eflin is on the most out of list. He's 86% owned. Zach Wheeler we talked about. Jose Peraza, 78% owned. Tyler Anderson, Matt Harvey, who will be pitching this weekend. He is, uh, is he in a two-start week currently? I don't think so. He might be pitching tonight. Um, Jason Hayward, 37% owned. Is, is Jason Hayward someone you guys want to add? I, I haven't been motivated to. He, he has definitely been hitting the best he's hit during his time with the Cubs, but it's manifested more as like doubles than home runs. Uh, he doesn't strike out much. So when, like, I feel like he'd, he'd be worthwhile in points leagues, except points leagues are the ones where you're starting only three outfielders. Yeah, he, I have looked at him a couple of times and just not been able to pull the trigger. So it's borderline, but I, I can't find a spot for him. Jason Hayward. Tyler Clipper, 25% owned, appears to be the closer for the Blue Jays in the short term. Mike Miner, we talked about, he's 43% owned. Will Smith is still 16% owned. And we haven't seen any indication that he's not the closer. Uh, I guess we haven't really seen much that he is the closer. <laughs> Well, other than the fact he recorded the last two saves. Yeah. And as I, as I broke down the last time we talked about him, every other reliever in that bullpen who you would consider a closer candidate has definitively not been used as a closer during the time that Will Smith has gotten two saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's a lefty, but Tony Watson is a lefty who, you know, they could, they could keep in that situational role instead. So I, I, I think Will Smith is probably going to get the next save chance, but I don't really know. He could be great if he does, because he's been awesome this year. All right. 
a lot of closers on this list. Hector Rondon's 45% owned. Sir Anthony Dominguez is 71% owned. Uh, Lou Trevino is 16% owned. He's definitely not the closer, but there's a chance he could be the closer after the trade deadline for the Oakland A's. Lou Trevino. Just a couple quick things to tell you about before we get a little bit deeper into uh, Thursday's games. Podcastawards.com. You can go there right now, and you can uh, nominate. It's very easy to do. You might have to, you know, sign up. It's just a quick email, password, whatever, and then you can nominate for every category. The two categories that we're looking at are fantasy for fantasy baseball today or fantasy football today, if you'd like to nominate that instead. Uh, the sports and recreation category and the people's choice. So you can. This is just a drop-down list and just select Fantasy Football Today or Fantasy Baseball Today. Podcastawards.com. and only take a few seconds. Please help us out. That'd be awesome. And sign up for our newsletters. Go to cbssports.com slash fbtdaily. cbssports.com slash fbtdaily. Get our Fantasy Baseball Today newsletter. Very, very cool stuff. Delivered right to your inbox. It's free. It's easy to sign up. cbssports.com slash fbtdaily for the Fantasy Baseball Today newsletter. All right, guys, you know who's been kind of disappointing? Do you know? Scott, do you know? Because Heath's got the notes. Scott doesn't. You know who's been kind of disappointing? Let me give you hints. Um, okay. High-end high player. Better mm-hmm. roto than points. Okay. Probably a third-round pick in roto. Starling Marte. No, infielder. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't believe you haven't got that yet. It's so obvious. You said Starling Marte. Now put Starling Marte on the infield, and who does he become? Uh, He's also an outfielder. Oh, he was an outfielder. Now he's the second base. D. Gordon. D. Gordon. Okay, there you go. Okay. Uh, D. Gordon, he had, I believe, a quick DL stint. He's only played 78 games. But number 20 second baseman in points, number 15 in Roto. Fantasy points per game last five years. 3.02, 3.23. 2.70, kind of a down year, that suspension year. 3.07 last year, and 2.56 this year. So he is having his worst year in the last five seasons. He is also stealing, he just has 22 steals in 78 games. This is a guy who can steal 60 bases. He's done that 58 or more three of the last five years, and 30 in 79 games when he got suspended. He's currently on pace for around 40 steals. So, you know, 40, well... If, because he missed a little bit of time. He'd be on pace for like 45 steals if he played 162 games. So everything's a little bit down for D. Gordon. Mm-hmm. Is he a little bit worse than we thought he would be, or is it just kind of a little slump and he'll be back to normal? Uh, I mean, the thing about him, and part of the reason I, w- I, I was reluctant to draft him in the third round, even in Roto, is um, that... Like there's a clear limit to his upside since he's there's total there's there's no power like for him to he he needs to be like a 300 hitter he needs to score runs um at a rate you'd expect a higher OBP guy than him to do because he doesn't walk much either he he needs to be closer to a 60 steal guy than a 40 steal guy as we're seeing uh, that being said I feel like if you own him in that format if I, like a traditional five by five or another categories format. He's still like 44 steals is still one of the best totals you're going to get from any singular player. So like I I, I feel like he's too um too like carefully woven into your lineup for you to really do anything about it. And there's always a chance he gets hot and you know it's like a 360 hitter the rest of the way. Yeah, I I think and you don't normally say that a guy with a 326 BABIP has a little bit of positive regression coming. But just looking at what, like, for his career, he's at 343. He's striking out less than his career average. His hard contact, while just miserable at 18%, is two full points higher than his career average. He's hitting the same number number of line drives. I would expect he's going to hit pretty close to 300 the rest of the year. I would expect he's going to score more runs. He should be scoring more than a run every game, especially considering he hits leadoff. Yeah, that's the weird part, because the Mariners... I mean, obviously the Mariners have been good. Right. So pretty good middle of the order. Like I, I think he'll be good in stolen bases. He'll be good in runs. He'll be good in batting average. So far, he's only really been good in one of those. He's just been kind of good in two of them. I'm, I'm fine with D Gordon. Yeah. D Gordon in 78 games has 39 runs. 
And last year he scored 114 runs for the Marlins. So that is a big area where, where you're right, Heath and Scott. He can definitely have some positive regression. All right. Um, I'm gonna, got a new category here. Tell me if these two outfielders are either overowned, unbelievably overowned, or <laughs> am I crazy? Adam Jones is 91% owned and Ryan Braun is 87% owned. Are they overowned? Are they unbelievably overowned or am I crazy? They're both overowned. They're not unbelievably overowned. Adam Jones has been kind of just continuing the gradual descent that we've seen over the last few years is still probably must start in like a five outfielder league. Uh, but hard to start in a three outfielder league, particularly a points league where he's not walking at all. Um, but they're both kind of legacy players where they're <laughs> just such big names that, like, I don't know that Ryan Braun needs to be started anywhere, but he's Ryan Braun, so I can totally understand why people have been reluctant to drop him. I, I think Adam Jones is going to hit a few more home runs in the second half. He, yeah, it seems like he's traded doubles for trip, for ho- home runs for doubles, rather. Right, and his, his spatted ball data looks pretty similar. Okay. So I I wouldn't necessarily expect that to continue. Here's a quick round of emails. This one's from Josh. Four guys won 18 games last year. Ten guys already have ten or more wins this season. What's going on? I thought starting pitching was supposed to be on the downswing with starters going fewer innings. This maybe deser- a- deserves more time. I didn't really have a chance to look into it. I wanted to. But have you noticed anything with innings pitched uh, among high-end starters? Well, the high end starters were all, like that's part of the reason why I've pivoted over the last two or three years to, you know, I used to always avoid starting pitchers in the early rounds, and now I made them kind of a priority because the gap between what those 200 inning guys can do for you and what the 160 inning guys can do for you is so big. But um, no, I, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't looked into overall trends innings wise. Uh, I, it doesn't surprise me that. At the halfway point, there would be more on pace to do something than we expect ultimately will because things are going to happen in the second half that throws off a lot of those paces. Um, I know Max Scherzer somebody who's on pace for 20 wins, but A, he's Max Scherzer, and B, I think he's like 0-5 recently here. So it's amazing he still is on pace for that. Well, here's uh, but that, that's just an that's just one example of how things can how weird things can happen to throw off the pace. Here's something pretty interesting though. There are 25 pitchers or 24 pitchers with 105 or more innings so far. So you know we are a little bit that, that's why I didn't do 100 because we're a little bit past the halfway point. Otherwise, 20, there's 24 a lot on more. pace for what? Well, there's a there's 24 pitchers with 105 or more innings thus far. Okay, so I'm on pace for more than 200. And I would guess. You're going to see a third of those guys get on the DL in the second half for at least two couple of starts and miss out. So maybe we get 16 to 18. Well, how many did we have last year? Because 16 to 18 sounds like how many had 180 innings last yeah, year. Yeah, I think not, last not year 200. we had like 10 or something that had. I'll tell you right now. Last year we had Sale, Urban Santana, really Jeff Samarja, Verlander, Carlos Martinez, Kluber, Porcello, Cole, Granky Degrom. Archer, Geo, Stroman. All right, there were more than I thought. Carrasco, Scherzer. One, Sounds like 16 to 18. Yeah. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16, 200 inning, guys. Yeah. Okay. R- right now we're uh, on pace for more. But that would make sense because half of the injuries haven't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. And That's yeah, it's more true. succinct way of putting it than I was. But nobody <laughs> had more than 214 and a third, which I think was the lowest in modern baseball history or something like that, other than strike shortened seasons. Uh, all right, more emails. Rupert from Scotland. Dear Harry, Marcus, Kieran, and Eric. I don't know. Is that like British? Are those uh, soccer players on the England oh, maybe. national team? Maybe. Uh, I, I know one. I know one of them is. <laughs> uh, uh, I see the Mariners have a series at Coors next week. Do you think they'll find a way to get Nelson Cruz in the lineup? Can we plan on starting Cruz with confidence next week? I don't think Cruz has played a single inning in the outfield this year. Now, that doesn't mean he won't, but it's not a good sign. I, I don't think I could say, unless I see a report saying he's going to start every game in the NL, like, I I wouldn't feel confident. I, I I would imagine they've probably played some games in NL parks this year already, haven't they? Uh, probably. I'm not, I have, you know what? Uh, I'm not looking I'm, it up. I'm trying to confirm <laughs> Scott's uh, 
air quotes fact <laughs> about Nelson Cruz not playing a single <laughs> inning in the outfield. And I cannot find he has not played a single inning in the outfield. Boom. God is right. Yeah. Oh, nice work. Uh, this is from Greg. Please grade the trade. Give Max Muncy. Get Johnny Cueto. 12 team categories league. Oh, this is an F. This is an F. Before I traded for Jerks and Profar, I threw the world at this guy for Max Muncy and he turned me down. I'll say D. So you guys like Muncy better than Cueto? I love Muncy. Yes. I love him beyond even what my rankings show because I feel like I have to be extra conservative with my rankings. Like Muncy may be, Muncy might be a top five second baseman. Wow. And okay. that's, that's one of four positions where he's eligible. Uh, next email is from Peter. Dear DeAndre, Marvin, Luca, and Jaron. Uh, those I believe are Dallas Mavericks. Probably. And you know, Heath, you were right about, uh, the soccer stuff, so, uh. The Heath is on! On the Thank baseball you. podcast. Way to go. Uh, here's the question. 12 team Roto League, I need steals. Should I trade Bryce Harper? For D. Gordon and Anthony Rendon, I need steals. Har- give up Harper, get D. Gordon and Anthony Rendon. Uh, I, you know what? I mean, if you if you feel like the steals are going to put you over the top, that's that's. I, I think it's okay. I think it's. I I don't know that I could grade it higher than C, and it might even be C minus. But like, obviously Harper hasn't given you his best to this point, and if you still, if your team's still done well and you just need those steals to put you over the top, I, I think it's fine. And Rendon hasn't done his best yet either. I screwed up. Did you? I did. Those are not, I don't think oh, that was no. Dallas Mavericks. I believe that was NBA rookies. Oh, uh, well, you know what? Uh, I, I don't have, I don't have. It's better than I could do. Do I have a uh, like a boo sound effects? I don't have anything for for you. It was being definitely bad. the top four picks in the draft: DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Luka Doncic, and Jaron Jackson. Okay, there you go. Mm. Uh, last emails from Tom in Chicago. Womp, womp. Adam, you mentioned you watched a lot of White Sox games, and then like a champ, you called Daniel Palka David Palka. That's not my gripe. My gripe <laughs> is. Uh, you're azering my team, the White Sox, and their rebuild. Watch more Royals games and keep Heath miserable. I would watch more Royals games if they had fantasy relevant players, <laughs> like Carlos Rodon. But they don't. So let's talk about Carlos Rodon and the fringy starting pitchers who pitched yesterday. Luke Weaver was outstanding and he's at the White Sox. He might even match up against Carlos Rodon next week. He probably will. Weaver and Rodon are 69 and 63% owned. Yolisha Seen is 62% owned. Who are your favorites next week? And I don't know why Shasin is not listed as a two-star pitcher. He should be a, I don't get it. He should have the, the Marlins and the Pirates next week, but he's only listed as a one-star pitcher at Miami. We're gonna have to look into that, because they're not on a six-man rotation. Yeah, I, it, they're one of the teams playing eight games this week too, I think. The, have you, the, the, have they, you found those, yes. games, those teams yet? Yes, I have. Uh, um, Baltimore, Milwaukee, the Yankees, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Pirates. I'm gonna say Shasin's making two starts. Sometimes doubleheaders screw that list up. Yeah, they do. So he actually becomes pretty I, interesting. I can, I can, I'll know for sure and when, when the column comes out this afternoon and it, of course it'll get updated on Sunday as well. So, you know, visit CBSSports.com. And don't just rely on this podcast. Yes. I would, I'd much rather have Rodon or Weaver than Chasin. Okay, but who would you rather have, Rodon or Weaver? Well, I mean, I'm not starting either of those two next week, and I might start Chasin, so. And I recently dropped Weaver in several leagues because. Because you got mad at him over a bad start. Well, no, it It wasn't just a bad start. A bad start. (laughs) <laughs> he, had, he, had, he just had his first quality start in seven starts. Exactly. Eight starts. Of his last three starts have been good starts. Except he didn't go six in one of them, so it didn't even give you a quality start. And I'm not sure, okay. like, other than the result, which is obviously great in this start, I'm not sure what he was doing differently. I'm not sure, like, it's not like the swinging strike rate was way, like, there's not, other than, hey, look, he had a good start. There's not anything I'm getting excited about here. So Luke Weaver is shaping up. Remember how much I loved Luke Weaver last year? I am, I am starting to hate Luke Weaver just because he's that guy who we're enticed by his potential. And every time we think we're ready to pull the plug, he does something like this. He's keeping us on the hook. We're on the hook with Luke Weaver. 
he's not turning us loose, and it's annoying. Okay. Uh, so we're sitting them in one-star weeks, Weaver. And, I, well, I, I, he, yeah, he, I may end up starting Luke Weaver. You're going to start him at the White Sox? I'm not scared of the White Sox one bit. Sometimes, Adam, you have to start these types of pitchers against good matchups with one start. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do. Uh, all right. Like a Mounds uh, commercial. Anybody interested in Jaime Berea or Shelby Miller? Miller's at Colorado next week, FYI. Not Shelby Miller. He has been abs- – like, he's lucky his name's Shelby Miller or you don't get another start. <laughs> that's that's kind of the story of his career though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, I'm not, I'm not really interested in either. Anybody interested in Andrew Kastner or Aaron Sleggers? Nope. All right, bullpen, not much. Joachim Soria blew a, blew a save, his third-blown save. He had gone 15 straight scoreless appearances, 18 straight without an earned run. And Dan Jennings got a two-out save for the Brewers. Corey Knable had pitched three straight days. And that was a two-inning save. I keep – two innings, not two outs, you big schmuck. All right, uh, two-star pitchers. I'm not sure there's much more to go through here, but we can look at the high-end guys and see if there are any question marks. I oh, pretty much Pat, never are. Patrick Corbin at Colorado at Atlanta. I'm starting Corbs. Start him. Sean Manaya at Houston and at San Francisco. Gosh, I hate Sean Manaya. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hate Sean Manaya more or less than you hate Luke Weaver? Less. <laughs> but that start against the Padres, what was it? it was on July 4th, right? One strikeout in seven dominant innings. Like his FIP is so high, his BABIP's so low, like, it just seems like disaster is imminent. But the way he's been pitching, I can't sit him in a two-star week. Jake Arrieta, you could say the same stuff. Oh, well, not really, because he hasn't been pitching that well. Jake Arrietta yeah, is at the Mets and at the Ma- and the Marlins. Must start. If he does not do well this week, I'm done. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, I, 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 I should hope people sold high back when he looked like you know, Greg Maddox or or whatever. I don't even know. Like guys who get the strikeouts he does aren't good ever. So <laughs> I don't even know what a fair comparison to make. Maybe Mike Miles Michaelis. I don't know. But he looked great, quote unquote, with the ERA and everything early, and he just knew this was going to happen. So that's be that be that a lesson to be that a lesson. Let that be <laughs> a lesson to Sean Manaya owners. And, you know, I, I hate myself right now because I said I'm done if he's bad this week. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't own any Jake Arietta, But, I, like I said, the only reason people are hanging on to Jake Arietta is because his name is Jake Arietta. There's You have to be an established pitcher to have his profile and, and still be owned in 95% of leagues. All right, anyway, Kyle Hendricks at San Francisco and at San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Chase Anderson at Miami and at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep. You gotta have to be careful with Rich Hill. We have no idea what's gonna happen there, but he's at San Diego and home against the Angels. Alright, how about this one? CC Sabathia at the Orioles and at the Indians. Yeah, that was one I looked closely at. Uh, I'm okay with him. I would put him below Chase Anderson, but ahead of Tyler Anderson. Sabathia is 79% owned. Nick Pavetta at the Mets and at the Marlins. I'm starting him. All right, a little bit lower ownership. Uh, Scott talked about Zach Wheeler. That's going to be a headliner for him in terms of available two-star pitchers. Mm-hmm. Got yep. to avoid uh, Mike Leak with one of his two starts being at Colorado. Uh, Danny Duffy Heath at Minnesota and at the White Sox. I would put him in that Chase Anderson range. I'm probably starting him. Are we going to be good with Dylan Bundy against the Yankees and the Rangers coming off the DL? Are we, are we sure that's when he's coming back? That's what's listed on the page. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I think Dylan Bundy's must start and, you know, maybe if it was just a one start week fresh off the DL, I'd start him. Yeah, but I'm going to start him if it's two. I think you're right. He is not making two starts next week. Again, doubleheader screw this up. Don't uh, start him. Dylan Bundy is starting <laughs> tonight. Dylan Bundy yeah. starting today. Yeah, that makes that's so what maybe I maybe start him. We'll see how he does. Yeah, we'll see. yeah exactly. And yeah. if he has a good start today, then he's the kind of pitcher you start even when he's making one start. And even if it's against the Yankees. Yes. Ivan Nova has Washington and Milwaukee. No. G- 
Garrett Richards. He's 85% owned, not started in that many leagues right now. But, yeah, we'll start Garrett Richards in a two-star week. That's not a question. Uh, Mike Miner we talked about. You can go with him at Boston and at Baltimore. I like Jeremy Hellickson's matchups. He got crushed yesterday. Apparently was ill. But we can't trust Jeremy Hellickson, right? No. He's at Pittsburgh and at the Mets. I don't know if I said that. Tyler Anderson we talked about. All right, anyone else? Anthony DiSclefani, Marco Estrada, Andrew Suarez, and then a bunch of crap. Is Suarez at home for both of his? Yeah, Cubs and A's. I, I don't really want to, but I would start him over some of our one-start streaming options that we like so much, Adam. <laughs> well, would you start a two-start Andrew Suarez or a one-start Carlos Rodon against the Cardinals? Uh, Suarez. Okay. And the last thing about Suarez, just keep in mind, we've said it like a million times. We don't know what's going to happen with Chris Stratton. I guess it's not a 100% certainty that Suarez makes two Scott's, starts. Scott's pretty much – Scott has visited the future and came back to tell us they sent Chris Stratton down. I am not – I am not the good – I'm not the Chris Stratton guy here. I didn't know that he hadn't appeared in the bullpen yet. Yeah, it just feels like he should, right? Yeah. And then our final segment today, Weekend Streamers. All right, so if you need to start over the weekend, here are some options for you. On Friday, today, Tyler Malley at the Cubs. Um, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't you know it. what? Instead of going one by one, let's go four at a time. Okay. Tyler Malley at the Cubs, Ty Montgomery against the Reds, Trevor Williams against Philadelphia, Bartolo Colon at Detroit. Is there anyone there that you're like, oh, yeah, let's start him? Malley's the best one. Yeah, I would agree. All right, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Malley in bold. Jordan Zimmerman against Texas. Nope. Ronaldo Lopez at Houston. Nope. Lance nope. Lynn against Baltimore. Yeah. Herman Marquez at Seattle. No. Yes, maybe. He's good on the road. He's great Not on the road. Matchup. No Hanniger, probably. Okay, Lynn and Marquez. Maybe, maybe no Hanniger. John Gant at San Francisco. Derek Rodriguez against St. Louis. I thought you were doing groups of four. Well, you didn't really let me because you kept saying yes or no. It's uh, yeah, it's harder. It's harder for me to process four at once, to be honest. Um, okay. you should just look at the notes. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't put these in the notes. <laughs> uh, John Gant, Derek Rodriguez. I, I mean, I don't lo- like. I feel like I could use Gant. I could use Rodriguez. I I would hope I don't have to. I would be most likely to use Rodriguez. All I mean, right, I, so I'm I'm taking like when we're talking weekend streamers, it's the end of a week where you set your lineup daily. I'm assuming that you need to go accumulate some pitching stats. So I'm a little the bar is a little lower for me. Okay, yeah, but I, I just think of it this way: Who do you think is going to have a good start? So the names on Friday. That we're considering appear to be Tyler Malley at the Cubs, Lance Lynn against Baltimore, Armand Marquez at Seattle. They could all have good starts. Do you have a favorite? I would be most inclined to start Malley. I think I'd be most inclined to start Lynn, and I don't really like Lynn. All right. Kevin Gosman on Saturday at Minnesota. Kyle Gibson, same game. Gosman and Gibson. Matt Harvey at the Cubs. Jeff Samarja against St. Louis. Gosman, Gibson, Harvey, Samarja. Gibson and Gosman are probably the top two of all the names we've listed so far. I would agree with that. Kyle Freeland at Seattle. Edwin Jackson at Cleveland. Annabelle Sanchez at Milwaukee. Brent Suter against Atlanta. Kyle Freeland, Edwin Jackson. Annabelle Sanchez, Brent Suter. No thank you for me. I'm fine with Freeland. I'd, I'd probably start him over somebody like Lynn. Steven Matz against Tampa Bay. Brad Keller against Boston. Uh, nah. No. No? No mats? Okay. Who is it he's facing? Tampa Bay? Yeah. It's not terrible, but I, I have so little faith in mats. I, I feel like, I know he's pitched re- well recently, but things can go really wrong for him. Alright, so on Saturday, we like Kyle Gibson, we like Kyle Gibson and Kevin Gosman better than anyone so far. Scott has, uh, Kyle Freeland, uh, he's okay with him. And then Sunday, the problem is I don't have the Sunday starts yet, but I will. Domingo Orman and Ryan Barucki are squaring off in Toronto. Um, Nate Avaldi is at the Mets. That might be a good one. Um, Frankie Montas is at the Indians. Nick Kingham has the Phillies. Anyone uh, jump out so far, Kingham? Evaldi. 
Evaldi, okay. Evaldi, and there was one other one you mentioned, Domingo Herman. Domingo Herman at, at Toronto. I actually don't know what his ownership percentage is. Um, Junior Guerra has the Braves. We've got Jake Junis against the Red Sox. Luis Castillo is still streamable in some leagues. He's at the Cubs. So, uh, we like Castillo, guys? He's my favorite of that group, for sure. Castillo or Evaldi? Who would you rather stream? I, I'd, re- I'd rather stream Evaldi. Yep. I'd rather not have to start Castillo. It's, I, I, he's more, he's out of the circle of trust, as they say. Wade LeBlanc, home against the Rockies. Clayton Richard at the Diamondbacks, and that's it. Evaldi, okay. uh, Castillo. Look for them on Sunday. Domingo Ramon. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Yeah. And I still want to, I'm really interested to see what Herman Marquez does. One start streamer. Let's do it. Alright guys, thank you very much. Scott and Heath. Have a great weekend everybody. Vote for us on podcastawards.com and we'll talk to you on Monday in Doubleheader Mania, whatever we're calling it. Bye. Doubleheader Palooza. See ya.